Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Fosse Verdon is eminent. Fosse, 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 fosse. All right, all right. Fosse Verd, Verd, That was garbage. Is this Glee? Are we doing a Glee episode now? Where's Will Schuster to rap for us? Will Schuster, come out here. Will. We need rap, please. I'm sorry, You know, I actually actually have plans for December to bring Will Schuster back into your life, Andrew. Will Schuster, I'm sorry, but Will Schuster's dead. (laughs) His wife was going to have a baby and they discovered what gender it was. So they actually, they made him swallow dynamite and exploded him just to do the gender reveal. I'm sorry. (laughs) Wow, the... The blood is red. It must be a girl. It's a girl. Oh, oh, no. Is that really what happened? They used dynamite for the, the fucking gender reveal? Uh, there was one story where some, like, uh, a family made uh, an unintentional pipe bomb with gunpowder and they killed their grandmother <laughs> at the gender the reveal. Fuck? That's what like. The- <laughs> I know that's not funny, but that's fucking hilarious. Well, it's just like, come on, guys. What are you fucking doing? Maybe maybe just don't gender your kid. Let them decide that when they get old enough. And you know what? Even if you want to gender your kid, which, you know, I don't I don't really know if that's a good idea. But if you want to, you don't have to blow anything up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to set all of California on fire <laughs> like you're fucking Frollo and Hunchback of Notre Dame. You know, you, you can just you can just like, you know, be like, hey, it's a boy. And that's you know it. what you could do, Andrew? You could bring your ex-wife, your new girlfriend, your daughter, and a couple of your buddies all the way down to, like, this fucking beach home and just hang out there for, like, a weekend. Yeah, and then do lobster fighting. Uh, that that looked fun. That actually looked fun. Uh, it looked like animal abuse, Jess. Well, they were gonna kill it anyway and eat it. That's true. That's why I think dog fighting should be legal as long as you're gonna kill and eat it afterwards. Basically, yeah. Like, we got <laughs> Michael Vick. What was it that we said, like... No, I, I ain't. They ain't dog fighting. I'm using them to steal watches, <laughs> <laughs> and that makes it okay. It makes it okay. Um, but this is right after Joan Simon's death. Um, who is Neil Simon? You know, the kind of the guy with the glasses, his wife. Yes, yeah, Neil, not Neil Diamond, Neil Simon. Yeah, him. Yeah, somebody got that joke. Sweet Caroline. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, this looks like a miserable experience, like, especially for Paddy Chayefsky, who is, like, the only one, like, he's a single guy there, like, Gwen brought her boyfriend, Bob has his, like, way too young girlfriend. Yeah, and then there's the little girl, I don't feel bad for, I don't feel bad for Paddy, he has a good time all the time. Yeah, he, he seems like the Andrew DeWolf of the, of the group. He's the only one I really relate to, to be honest. Really? Please elaborate. I think he is just pretty chill. 
and down to earth and he kind of understands what's going on and he's surrounded by some fucking wacky people yeah that's about right for you in your life like when you me and Bree get together that's basically you like i i get it but i don't like it i don't know you know jess like when you talk about how when you win awards you don't feel anything anymore you know i feel like you know you only feel what's in your heart jess you know what's in my heart is clogged arteries exactly and that's what you're feeling he also yells uh, at kids and tells them to watch the damn fucking movie and i feel like that's pretty cool too <laughs> i mean that's andrew if i had a kid and i asked you to watch it like that'd be you yeah just watch the movie <laughs> they keep asking you questions and you're like i'm trying to watch oliver and company what the fuck do you want just watch the movie <laughs> <laughs> i gotta go to the bathroom just watch the movie oh boy what is the main conflict because this one despite being a bottle episode and this is actually my favorite episode of the full whole season, like the entire show. Um, but there is a conflict and there is th- goals and people are trying to like play each other differently. And it's specifically between Gwen and Bob. I, I actually disagree. I don't think it's specifically between Gwen and Bob. All right. Oh, I yeah, think, it kind of is between everyone now that you I think it it's up. mostly between Gwen and the new girlfriend. Um, and ranking and um, played by Margaret Qualley from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, because Bob... Bob doesn't, like, uh, have a goal, really. He's just trying to show Bob wants to direct a movie. That's his goal. He's like, I want to direct this movie, and I got Dustin Hoffman. He wants to be in it. Yeah, but he's already there at the start. Like, he's already going to be directing that movie. So he doesn't have to go anywhere, you know? Like, so, um... The the new girlfriend is like, man, I'm very worried about... uh, Bobby. Bob's mental health, and I don't think he should do this movie at all, and I think he needs to take a break. And then... Gwen is like, yeah, yeah, I also think he shouldn't do the movie, but it's because I, I want him to do my vanity project. Chicago. <laughs> because my play just flopped, and if we did a musical together, it would be really big. Yeah. So basically, I think it's more between those two, with Patty in the middle, kind of not wanting to say anything at all. Andrew. The Andrew of the group. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, you should worry about your mental health, but, like, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Can I talk for a minute about how great Margaret Qualley's performance is? You've you've seen all that jazz, and you've watched the Annie 1982 Let's Throw Annie Off a Bridge movie. Well, yeah. She does a remarkably, like, identical impression of uh, Anne Ranking from uh, All That Jazz and uh, Annie. I think... Her voice is specifically there, very low raspy, but still young. Like, it is so, like, she is as good as uh, Michelle Williams is as Gwen Verd. Yeah, I think uh, it's an interesting character dynamic, too. I, I, I like what where it's going. I assume the next couple episodes are likely going to be about uh, Chicago and... Kind of. Um, you, you've seen All That Jazz, right? Yeah. Is the ending just, it's gonna be All That Jazz? No, but All That Jazz, Bob Fosse wrote it about his experience, um, making Lenny as well as directing Chicago at the same time. So, that is his version of what happened. Yeah, and, uh, for all the talk about how it's not gonna kill him, he seems to think it almost killed him. Yeah, it almost killed him. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking wacky that, don't you think? I think that this is the first episode where uh, Gwen looks like a bad, asshole. like a asshole, like the bad person, and not Bob. I mean, but it's weird because they have sex in this episode, which is a weird thing to see, like these separated people with their new relationships just fuck casually. Yeah, but I think when that happens, though, you cut. Ca- I kind of saw it as like her 
knowing speaking how to... Speaking his language. Yeah, and her knowing how to get him to do what she wants. It's fucked up. It's a really fucked up scene. Yeah, and she obviously does not give a fuck about his mental health. No, but he never gave a fuck about hers either. No, but, you know, that doesn't mean that you return the favor. That doesn't mean that's the right <laughs> move. <laughs> As Michelle Obama once said, um, when they go low, you go lower and punch them in the dick. Well, in politics, that is what you should do. But I don't know about in interpersonal relationships. <laughs> um, yeah, that's fair. Um, the relationship between Gwen and Anne, I also find really interesting in this episode. Um, yeah, I mean, the ending conversation is pretty telling. It's it really right dark. It's he like, comes right out with it. It's blunt. Like, explain what she said, basically, to Anne. She just tells her that she's basically only there to keep Bob alive, and that's it. But then she's like, what did you get in return? And then she's like, well, I got Charity, and I got, like, um, Lola. Like, you get those, and he'll work you into those. Y yeah. <laughs> so you, you date him to get work. Yeah. Well, no, you date him to become immortal. Mm -hmm. No one's immortal, Jess. I disagree. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> God is true. There is no God and there never was. What? <laughs> God's not uh, dead. He was never alive. <laughs> is, wow. Is that what that movie's about? I, I should have watched it. Kirk Cameron. <laughs> Kirk Cameron coming in with the hot takes. <laughs> Imagine if Kirk Cameron became like a horrible atheist like in the second half of his life. I, you know, I'd like to see that. I imagine that if he became an atheist, he wouldn't be like a normal person though. He would become like the character Charlie Sheen. Like he a would caricature. be Charlie Sheen. You know, cuz he would just go from one extreme to the other and then he'd just turn into like that guy that is that is the villain of the movies that he made. <laughs> I don't think that Kirk Cameron could ever have a normal life just because of who he is. Who is Kirk Cameron? Like what do you mean by that? Um Candace Cameron's brother? That's who he is. Okay. It's not really the answer I was looking for, but that's fine. What's the answer you were looking for? A man that shoves a banana in his mouth and uses it as an excuse for, like, um, like, perfect design? That- isn't that Ray Comfort? What? Ray Comfort is the banana man. I think they are both, like, he had Ray Comfort on his, like, little interview talk show movie where he's, like, shoving yeah. bananas in his mouth. Well, I mean, he's just showing how perfectly they fit. You know, penises fit perfectly <laughs> to a mouth. <laughs> Also, they're shaped perfectly to grip the human hand. So, so is a penis. Exactly. It's like they're designed for it. Yeah. Um, ball sack, like, just grab it, like, under there. Don't touch my balls. Don't tell me okay. what to do. Don't touch my balls, my achy, breaky balls. <laughs> <laughs> What's Billy Ray Cyrus been up to? Jesus. Uh, so what songs are in this episode? Do they have any? She sings, um, they play the piano. I'm trying to remember what song she sang, but she does sing. Yeah, she refuses to sing one song, and then she does okay. sing a different one. Yeah, uh, now I gotta try to remember what that was. Um, she sings part it, um, she sings Where Am I Going? It's the na name of the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pad de Do. I don't know what those words mean. I don't either. Um, but I think she does very well. It's live, like, it's obviously a live performance. It's not dubbed like the finale of Pippin in the last episode. That was a little bit obviously dubbed. We didn't mention that, but it's a shame. Well, yeah, we two were too busy to talk about Batman last time. Yeah. Speaking of Batman, have you seen the... <laughs> <laughs> that was what our after parties became was the thing. Like, every week we just talk about fucking Batman. You always brought it up. 
Okay. Batman had some interesting shit going on. Yeah, Batman always has interesting shit going on. Um, let's Parents see, are still dead. I hope so. Um, Did you learn any interesting facts in this episode? I don't think I learned any interesting facts. I think there was a very good narrative, though. I'm, yeah. a, little, I'm a little curious as to what's going to happen with uh, the girl smoking there. The little girl, uh, Nicole? Yeah. Well, well, she gets addicted to drugs, um, just like her daddy. I'm surprised that... Uh, that Gwen wasn't wasn't a more explicitly blaming Bob for that. I feel like Gwen never blamed Bob for anything. Like she was a very like, oh Bob, you sound wacky. Because really, after that first fight we saw in like episode two, they don't really have a big fight on camera again. They just they love each other deep down. Do you think so? Maybe. I'm not sure how how much love there really is there anymore. I think I think Gwen is definitely using him, and I think he's kind of lost his mind a little bit. Do you still have love for your exes? actual question um i mean kinda i guess i don't know like that's kind not of the weird the position way. i am i mean like not in i still pine for them but in the way of like i had extreme emotions for you once and i can't really like just turn that off i mean i guess i was able to turn it off like a light switch there it's gone your more hetero side just one it's true but so how how deep is your emotions for for your exes almost none at all or good friends i i'm doing one of them in their engagement photos in a couple weeks wow no love at all i mean they're good friends you know great friends i suppose yeah like that's how it works like um but you you know me like if i don't have love for you i don't even find people attractive because i'm broken andrew people love people or do people find people attractive that they don't love yeah a lot of people a lot of people just find no ability to to feel lust for anyone no not really not even my thick sexy butt well no i love you and your thick sexy butt but i loved you first and then i learned to love your thick sexy butt See, I have the opposite problem. Once I love someone, I can no longer find them attractive. Really? Is that an actual thing? No, I just made that up right now. <laughs> I guarantee that is an actual thing, though. That's what Bob Fosse deals with. Dude, actually, that might be what Bob Fosse has. <laughs> as soon as he falls in love, he's like, I cannot fuck this anymore. That actually might be true. Now I'm thinking about it. Damn, did we just psychoanalyze Bob Fosse by psychoanalyzing just... Jess? I think, Bob Fosse, you're like the opposite of Bob Fosse. Untalented and lame? No, no. Uh, you're like, no, no, you're like the horseshoe theory version of Bob Fosse, where you're so different from him that you're almost the same. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh my god. I love it. (laughs) I'm gonna put that on my fucking resume. I am the horseshoe theory Bob Fosse. Jess is an extreme centrist version of, of Bob Fosse. That's what's going on. I don't think I I, because I am just the extreme opposite of him in almost every way, except for what you do, uh, how you feel about a lot of things. I mean, where where do you see the big differences? Um, Your sex life, which anyway, how is sex life? How is your sex life? Um, I don't know. I think I think uh, that's that's really the biggest one. I'm not a horrible sex predator. You're right. Yeah, man. Remember that scene where he almost rapes somebody and then they kick him? Yes. Did we talk about that ever? We didn't talk about that. Let's talk about that right now. Holy shit. That's a real fucked up scene, right? Yeah, don't do that. That's not okay. On a scale of okay to not okay, that is firmly on the not okay. And in real life, he like like basically did everything up to cutting her from the show. Yeah, not okay. No, no, no. And um, we had someone on our show that told us about a big composer that did that to them. Like literally that exact thing. And it's fucked up. It's a, it's called coercion, um, and it's a form of sexual assault. Ra- <laughs> 
yeah, uh, don't don't engage in those behaviors if you are running a show. And if someone does that to you, um, it's not it's not good. <laughs> I, I yeah, um, Bob Fosse, I, he's a problematic person, but I still like all that jazz a lot, and that's hard for me to deal with a bit. And I I'm curious how you think the best way to deal with that is. Because, yes, Chicago, Cabaret, all that stuff are staples of the musical theater world, but the person that made him was a piece of shit, by all means. I'll be honest, I, I don't think... I've never had much problem separating art from the person. Um, Sometimes I have that difficulty. Like, Woody Allen is one I specifically have that... Like, I cannot watch Andy Hall anymore because he is so ingrained in me. I think the only way I can see, like, hey, you can't um, separate them is when the the art itself is about the bad shit that they did and it's it's apologetic to it, you know? Like Manhattan with Woody Allen specifically. I think that's a good yeah. example of that. Um but say Kevin Spacey and Baby Driver. I can ignore that a bit. But Ansel well, Elgort and Baby Driver and Jamie Foxx and Baby There's a lot of rapists in that movie is what we're trying to say. Wait, Jamie Foxx is a rapist now too? Shit. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I miss I miss all these fucking rape things. I I Did you not know about Ansel Elgort's though? I don't even know who that is. He he played Baby Driver, and, like, he apparently raped a girl. He's, like, young, too, isn't he? Yeah, he did it, like, he used his celebrity to, like, and she was underaged and shit. It's a real fucked up situation, dude. And he's about to star in the new West Side Story movie, so. Oh, boy, can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> Coming this December, maybe. Reshoot it all with Christopher Plummer. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if you're born after 1990, you should know not to rape. Maybe you should just know not to rape. Let me put that asterisk there. Some people just can't turn their monkey brain off. What the fuck, though? Like, I don't know, man. Don't there are some me. things I'm down with I've, forgiving. Like, I've never like, raped I, nobody. <laughs> I know, but there are some things like I am down with like redemption. Like James Gunn said some fucked up shit that is weird. But Dude, James Gunn, like that's not even comparable though. It is incomparable. But I like that's the reason why I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, don't lose your fucking job over it. You know what, man? Even if he was still making those jokes right now, I wouldn't care. Like, I'm not gonna even... lie. S some of them I laughed at. <laughs> They're fucking funny. It's a joke. One of them is literally about a monkey having an <laughs> orgasm all over, like, a, <laughs> on the set of Max Keeble's Big Move. Like, Also, the, the ones that are about, like, pedophilia and shit, he's tagging his friends in them. Like, he's saying that his friends posted it, and he's making it look like he's retweeting it. That's what the joke is. The joke is like, hey, some my, my friend said this. Isn't that, like, a funny thing? My friend said this weird fucking shit. Like, that's yes, the joke. And, and, and remember, like, <laughs> at the time, like, it was 2008, 2009, like, around that time, like, To Catch a Predator was everywhere, that's, like, the, it became a joke, like, look at the boondocks, where there was, like, literal jokes about raping Chris Hansen. It was a fucked up time, but that was the time. You can't ignore that as part of it. I know that it's uncomfortable, and it, yeah, it is. Humor is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Ugh, I don't know. And... Yeah, like if you get called on that shit now, just oh yeah, sorry about that. I don't know. I've, I'm a. Fan I don't of, think. I don't I'm think anything he humor. said was. I, I get you're a fan of edge humor, and I like it in part. But none of like here's the bottom line: is he intending to actually hurt anyone? It's all about intention a lot of the time for me. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a difference between him making a joke like that and a member of Nambla going up on Twitter and saying, "Hey, does anyone have any children that I could, uh, you know, do some strange things to?" Like that. I've got. 
I've got a good example of someone that is a fucked up individual that should be accountable for the shit that he did um, oh. and hasn't so far. Oh, boy. Howard I Stern. Don't... Fuck, like, fuck that guy. Do you know all the shit he's done? All the rapists he brought onto his show in the early 2000s and late 90s just to, like, say that a woman was in was a lying about a rape? Yeah, that's a weird thing to do. He just had this internalized misogyny, and he is not to paid for those crimes, and a lot of liberal people fucking worship at his feet, but he needs to, like, he got, he was part of the reason why the media attention was framing rapists and assholes in a positive light. Like, do you know about John Wayne Bobbitt and Lorena Bobbitt? Um, uh, I do not. Lorena Bobbitt cut off her husband's penis. Oh, that, that's fucked. Yeah, because she was raped every day and he was threatening like to call um, immigration if she ever tried to leave him. And so one day after he raped her, she said, okay, I'm going to attack the instrument of my destruction. Um, and she cut off his penis. Yeah, that's a fucky situation all around. And both of them got acquitted and then they became reality TV stars and he made a shitload of money doing porn with his new reconstructed penis. Well, you know, if you're famous for having your dick cut off, you got to make use of that, I guess. Um... He went on to Howard Stern every year, and Howard Stern was like, oh, your, your, your wife needed more of that dick. Oh, that's fucked. Yeah, Howard Stern's like a this. piece of shit. I don't shit. like that. Um, yeah, that's not good. And then Steve Harvey said some shit. Like, that entire situation is fucked, but it's a good representation for how we treat men compared to how do we treat women. I think part of it is, is cutting off someone's dick is kind of a, it's not a good look, but at the same time, he kind of deserved it, so I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> that's the reason why no one went to jail for it yeah everyone was wrong in the end yeah i mean one person was wrong first and wrong harder but yeah i don't no know pun intended if you're in that situation i'm not sure chopping off the dick is the best move well he was so drunk like like almost as drunk as jesse at a patreon stream that he didn't even feel it like <laughs> he just bled out and lost a third of his blood good god this is depressing jess let's 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 stop now back to bob fossey um yeah um he decides that he's gonna do both instead of doing picking one or the other between chicago and lenny he's gonna do them both at the same time which is honestly the worst idea out of all of them are you sure this isn't gonna kill you I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. Fucking Bob Fosse. His mannerisms are so fucked up. <laughs> but he was probably a nice guy from what other people say. Like, generally, he was nice to everyone. He was a nice guy and just a little bit of a rapist, but just a little bit. I mean, everyone was in the 70s. That's not entirely true, but sure. Not defending it, not defending it. It's a bad, bad, bad guy who did bad guy thing. Well, time to end this episode. All right, guys, we got two more episodes or three more episodes left. Math is hard. Um, a Fosse Verdon. What what will we talk about? We'll talk about Chicago and all that Chicago. jizz. All that jizz. We got a lot to talk about, but we're almost done. So start thinking about what you want us to cover um, for the next TV show. Um, I think we might do a little mini series in between just for funsies. Um, I, I feel bad that we didn't get to finish the Muppets, so I'm thinking maybe we'll just watch the rest of the Muppet movies, like as our mini-series to make Andrew happy. Dude, you know, we gotta do the Muppets. We gotta do them. Yeah, and we got Disney+, Plus, and they've got a lot of Muppet movies. They don't have all of them, but they got a good chunk. I'm excited. Yeah, so think of what you want us to do after the Muppets, because after this we're doing the Muppets. Spoilers. All right. Peace out, sauerkraut. Go. Peace out, sour... Boys and girls.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.